Hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of Lunch with PB&J. I had like three different thoughts going through my head um, while I said that. We're back. And so it came out as a mixture of sentences. Hi, Joy. How are you? I'm tired today, <laughs> but it's okay. We're going to power through it. Uh, we are in Hebrews chapter three for, 3 for all those who have been listening, following along. Uh, through the Hebrews series. Thank you for coming on back to it. Uh, we will say, as I say, uh, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks, if you're jumping into Hebrews for the first time in this study, if this is like your first podcast listening to it, I would say thank you for listening to the podcast. We're so glad that you're here, but stop and go backwards <laughs> and go to the beginning of Hebrews and just start. It's like a, it's like Four weeks ago, just go back a few weeks and uh, catch up to where we are because that's what happens when you read a book. It's always good to start at the beginning. Yeah, you'll get the full context. And so that's what it is. And so we are in Hebrews chapter 3. We started Hebrews 3 last week. We got through six verses. We're going to finish chapter 3 today. And um, and yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's what it's going to be about today, y'all. And so, uh, we are going to be talking about it. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I was going to, I was jumping ahead of myself. I got to slow myself down. Slow down. Slow down. All right. <laughs> so, last week, last week we started Hebrews 3 and the writer of Hebrews, do you find it odd, side note, uh, do you find it odd to keep referring to him as the writer? Yeah, because I weird. keep wanting to yeah. say who it is, but we don't know who it is. We don't know if you were if you listen to the first episode. See, this is why you should be listening to the first episode. You're not <laughs> listening though; you're just still listening to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the first episode, we said they're not a hundred percent sure who wrote Hebrews. Yeah. So that's why we keep referring to him as the writer of Hebrews and not by a name. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. The writer last week, beginning of chapter 3, he draws attention to Moses, who served as a messenger or a prophet, uh, an apostle, which is a messenger mm-hmm. of God, and to the people of Israel in the Old Testament. And so, and then the writer goes on to explain that um, there was even a, a greater messenger, and a, who also was the high priest, who was... Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so a messenger was um, God spoke. He spoke for God to the people. But then Jesus came and he not only spoke for God to the people, he spoke to God for the people. <laughs> he spoke to people for God and then spoke to God for people. Right. I don't know that I got that. But <laughs> All right. As a messenger, Jesus spoke to the people. Yes. For God. Mm-hmm. And as a high priest, he spoke to God for the people. Okay. Both ways. He went, he went, yeah. The communication <laughs> went both ways. Whereas with Moses, he communicated to the to, people. He was yeah. a messenger uh, yeah. for God. So, and all of that was to just say that these people, he's speaking to Jewish believers, and these people thought really, really highly of Moses, right. obviously. And, uh, and they're like, hey, Jesus, he was like, hey, Jesus is better than Moses. And so he, he referred to the house. Mm-hmm. He's like, Moses was a part of the house. The house rep- was representative of the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. But he says, like, Moses was just in the house, but mm-hmm. Jesus actually built Kills the house. house. Yeah. And so he is greater Cause than... Because this whole yeah. thing all along has just been building up the... Uh, 
supremacy, if I'm saying that word right, supremacy mm. of Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. Above the angels, above Moses. Yeah. So the last verse we read was uh, verse 6. It says, But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house, of so the nation of Israel, his people. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. And this verse really leads into the next section, which yeah. is, if you've been listening, the second warning. Yeah. Warning. Warning. Uh, the second warning the, passage the neon light. To, to these yeah, <laughs> to these shaky believers, because that's who he's talking to, is it's these these he's writing this letter to Jewish Christians who are considering going back yeah. to their old faith. All right. And so this was the second warning. The first warning was found in chapter two, verses one through four. And it was a warning to not drift away from God's word like, hey, mm -hmm. stay on it. And this second warning will caution them to not doubt God's word. And what you'll begin to see now is a progression. Right. So when we start to drift away from God's word, when God's word is not that important to us anymore, when we don't uh, see it as the absolute truth, we start to drift away from it. And the more we start to drift away from it, the more we begin to doubt it. Right. And that's going to build on this progression as we continue through uh, this letter to the Hebrews. And so these next verses that we're going to look at today, we'll look at the wandering of Israel. They really mm -hmm. focus in on Israel wandering through the wilderness for those 40 years. And, um, and we're going to kind of see this picture of there's two men out of the the Israelites that were delivered, uh, taken out of Egypt, Caleb and Joshua, and they really illustrate that confident hope right. that we found in verse six. And don't you love it how every time you he's every time we're given a picture in scripture, we always have these beautiful examples. Does it mean they were perfect yeah. men? No, they weren't perfect. Nope. But we're given examples of hey, it looks like this. Yeah. And as I said last week, I touched on it last week, but in Numbers 14, you can go back and look at it. We got we got done recording, and, and Joy was like, you got to show me where you got that from, you joker, because she doesn't believe me sometimes no, I said, when I say things. I believe you, but I want to hear it. I want to see it. <laughs> hey, aren't you supposed to do that with your pastor? That's right. You're supposed to check me, all right? Uh, so Numbers 14, if, for those that would like the reference, Numbers 14, verses 26 through 38, uh, is the passage of scripture where it says that everyone in Israel that was over the age of 20 would die in the wilderness uh, outside of Caleb and Joshua. They would, they would be the only two that make it into the land of Canaan, the promised land. Uh, everybody under the age of 20 when they left Egypt would make it in. It was the next generation mm -hmm. that would go. And so these two guys believed God's word. And that's mm -hmm. really what we're transitioning into yeah. is believe God's word. What has God said? And hold on to that with a confident hope. And even, even in my, as I'm recapping in my head, again, because the beginning of Hebrews was really setting up Jesus. Mm -hmm. Who is he? And he's done everything for us. And he is supreme. And, and all of our source of everything is through him. Yeah. And then you really see this next kind of shifting the mindset of, so don't doubt. Yeah. You know. And so for this first little part here, I'm going to read the first few uh, verses here, the first four verses or so in a second. Um, and and I'm we were joking about this before we started recording. Uh, we don't talk to each other. I think I've said this before. We don't talk to each other about our notes uh, ahead of time. I think we went in two totally different directions today. <laughs> we were going to so, see. <laughs> um, I, I really, uh, I just 
I'm really going to give you kind of the uh, the historical significance of and really symbolism. Really, yeah, really try to get you to understand the symbolism because it, it fascinates me how the 40 years in the wilderness parallels our lives today. Mm-hmm. And so I'll talk. I'm going to kind of focus on that side of it. Joy is going to be, uh, pr- I think, what we said <laughs> is probably uh, hitting more of the application yeah, side, life application. I side just kept saying, okay, how it, does this apply to which me? Which is why we're here together guys <laughs> this is why we're a good team is because we we see things differently and what i love about that is because that there's nothing contradictory about that when you read the bible no. and maybe god gives one thing to one person he gives more of a teaching thing and then one thing like a, oh a, a, an application thing mm-hmm. or, it's just so beautiful how god speaks to us yeah. in an individual way without compromising the context mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I i'm really going to focus in on that idea of uh, just this confident hope again, mm-hmm. and it's in that confident hope and holding on to God's word and not doubting it. And that's what these two guys did, Joshua and yeah. Caleb. They hung on to it. Can you imagine for 40 years, they watched friends and family drop dead in the wilderness? Mm-hmm. For 40 years, they watched that happen. And yet they hung on with confident hope that one day they would enter into the land of Canaan. And they were eventually rewarded. Spoiler alert. uh, (laughs) They were eventually rewarded for the fulfillment, by the fulfillment of that promise um, that they'd waited an entire generation for. So um, here we go. The warning to us. Starting at seven. Is simply this. Don't doubt God's word. Um, and instead live in courageous, confident hope. So that's the big idea for today. Mm-hmm. Let's pull it apart. Verse 7. This is why the Holy Spirit says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the will... When they, that's a comma, not a period, sorry. <laughs> don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. This is God speaking. Mm. I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Um, Normally, I let Joey go first. Joey. Joy. (laughs) Joy. Joy. Where did you get Joey from? He said Joey. Uh, normally I let Choi go. and um, uh, But I'm going to go first. Okay. Just because you you got the application side, yeah. I think. Right? I don't know. And so I will see. Um, but I, I want to go. So if you've never heard this before, and some of you listening, you've probably heard this before, but uh, some of you that are maybe new to the podcast or new to church in general and just listening to kind of get um, some Bible teaching here uh i want to tell you that the again the experience of israel is parallel to our lives the experience of israel in the old testament runs parallel to our lives today this is why you constantly hear us saying um you gotta read the old testament because the old testament is a type and foreshadow of everything that happens in the new testament um and so it's so important so you have the Israelites, they're in slavery to Egypt for 400 years. That is an illustration of our slavery to sin, right. okay? We're in bondage, we're in slavery to sin. And then as Moses comes in to free them, um, he is God's 
chosen one to come and sent into Egypt to set them free. And with that, there is uh, a plague of death that comes. But in order to save the firstborn of their children, they are given the instruction to slaughter lambs, to sacrifice lambs and put the blood over the post of their Mm -hmm. homes and every home that had that over their doors. uh, They were they were spared. The Mm -hmm. life was spared there in the same way. Jesus is sent by God. He comes in and in order uh, to to pay for the sins, he is the Lamb of God who is slain for our sins and everyone who enters in uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So in other words, we accept the forgiveness of our sins. We accept that Jesus paid the price for our sins. We are set free from our sin, but we're also saved from spiritual death right. and given new life. Then you have, as they exit Egypt, they uh, they go and they cross the Red Sea on dry land. God miraculously saves them. They walk through, imagine, mm-hmm. walls of water, and they're walking through on dry land. Their enemies follow them in and are crushed by it. And so uh, even in the New Testament, it's referred to as the baptism Mm -hmm. of Moses as they walk through. Today, as Christians, we are baptized in water. And it symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But it also goes back and parallels what Israel went through, where they crossed through the water. And on the other side was their new life. And all of their enemies are destroyed and covered up by the waters and so and then you have the fact that they are headed to a promised land mm-hmm. which here in this passage is referred to as their inheritance mm-hmm. we're going to read that that it's referred to as their inheritance and we as believers are also headed to an inheritance mm-hmm. we're also promised a spiritual inheritance and there's uh, Ephesians talks about it a lot. Paul talks a lot about it. It's in Ephesians. It's in Romans. It's in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. It talks about the spiritual inheritance that we have through Christ. Now, where the parallel also leads is this: that is, as Israel stood at the border of Canaan, mm-hmm. the border of the Promised Land, they hesitated because they were almost there. They got there. They <laughs> got there. It was in sight. They could see it. And they sent 12 spies into the land to check it out and see what they had to do. And they came back and 10 of the 12 spies said, there's no way we can do this. There's no way we can win. The people are like giants. We're like grasshoppers compared to these people. Only Joshua and Caleb, two of the 10, two of the 12 spies, only Caleb and Joshua said, if God said that's our land, then that's our land. Mm -hmm. They held on with confident hope that no matter how bad it looked, they were going to take that. That was their place. That was their inheritance. Um, Instead, and and, but everybody else listened to the 10. They caused doubt to come in. So what did they do? They doubted God's word. They doubted the promise of God. And as a result of that, instead of moving forward in faith, Israel backed away in doubt. Right. And this becomes the parallel again for our lives. And this is what we see in this passage of scripture. This is the warning that the writer is giving to the to the Jewish Christians then. It's the warning to us as believers now is those that doubted missed out on the promise and they ended up dying in the wilderness and a new generation mm-hmm. entered into the promised land. And so for us today, again... Canaan in the mm-hmm. Old Testament yeah. represents our spiritual inheritance yeah. in Christ. It's the promises of God, not just simply heaven, mm-hmm. 
but the promises of God in general. I don't feel like I noticed it ever before in reading in the Old Testament, the reference of him saying, you know, enter into a place of rest. Mm. I'm finding that more, and I'm sure you're going to go into that. This was the rabbit hole I dug (laughs) into today, and I finally called Joy, and I said, listen, Mm -hmm. just come and record this podcast. I am down (laughs) a rabbit hole right now, so I'm going to touch on it. Yeah. But there was so much there. I'm glad there. you're waiting because... Next episode, guys. Next yeah. episode, we're going to talk about the rest I'm glad you're more. waiting because I found that really interesting of, oh, you know... I'm going to tease it at rest. the end. Yeah. I'm going to tease it at the end, okay? I'll tease it. But it's going to be next week because, yeah, rabbit hole. It, feel, it feels deep. Like, oh, yeah. There's so much there. Um, so just in reading that little portion right there, again, you mentioned it already of the fact that the reason that we have the Old Testament is not to just say, oh, that doesn't apply to me today. No, it does apply to us today. We're being shown that right now of, hey, he's trying to say just like they did. So if you ignore the if you ignore the powerful illustration that he's giving us with the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites and what happened to them, like you don't really see how quickly, how easily, how, you know, that we can drift into this rebellion mm-hmm. that, so this portion right here, the seven through 11 is, is, it's just, you know, my little title at the top says, don't be like the rebels in the wilderness. So the application is, this is a warning to us today. Yeah. This is a warning to you and me. And if you look at what happened, <clears throat> side note too, this is also from, Psalm 95. Yes. If, if you want it, like more of that word She's for She's also word. good at better at references than I am. It's from Psalm 91 or 95, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so when you look at that, you just also see like, what was their issue? Their issue basically, to put it in a nutshell, is they lost confidence in God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here they, he had delivered them out of Egypt. And as we see all this description of what happened, they hardened their hearts, they rebelled, they tested, they turned their hearts away, they refused to do what I told them. Yeah. Basically, they lost their confidence in Him. Yeah. And and that's again, I just read everything through this lens of like, um, God checked my heart, show me, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, just that quick part right there. The Old Testament has yeah. has a place for us to read it. We have to read it with the lens of. The warning is don't be like that. And this is why. This is why he's talking about it. So again, this is why um, This is why. I, honestly, I don't understand when people say we don't need the Old Testament is the amount of times the Old Testament is quoted in the New Testament yes. speaks to the significance that it has in our lives that yeah. we have to learn from it. Well, if Jesus himself and the apostles themselves pointed back to the Old Testament, for proof of what they were saying or to tie things together, um, why why do we think mm-hmm. that it's different? And so, uh, what? Uh, and I'm gonna, again, I'm going to talk more in more depth about the rest next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but even in this, uh, again, in this parallel, in this, in uh, the representation that we see in the story, and the writer giving this to the to to these Jewish believers, is that that inheritance is not just. Again, not simply heaven. It would be easy to look at this passage and go, oh, it's just saying that, you know, in rebellion, they're not going to make it to heaven. But there's a there's there's more to it than that, Mm -hmm. uh, because Canaan is not necessarily this picture, perfect picture of what heaven will be, because even after they got into Canaan, there were still battles. They Mm -hmm. even lost some battles in Canaan. Um, So it's not this 
perfect picture of heaven. Mm-hmm. So I think there's more more to this idea of rest, and we'll talk about that next week because I, I don't think I know that there's more <laughs> to it. Um, but it does represent the step of faith that every believer has to take yeah. uh, in order to claim that inheritance mm-hmm. of rest. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because if if you're familiar with the Old Testament story, that once they do finally cross into Canaan. Another step of faith that they had to take was going across the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. And it was like once they crossed the Jordan, it was kind of a no turning back kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so it really was this step of faith. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, what we're talking about is Caleb and Joshua passed the test. Yeah. And they took that step of faith to go forward to to claim their inheritance. Mm-hmm. And for us as believers, there's always going to be this daunting task in front of us. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be, um, you know, the the threat of persecution or the threat of threats uh, against us on the other side, the threat of rejection. I've been talking about this on Wednesday nights here at the church about how, how do we get true freedom yeah. in Christ. And part of it is, is we're so afraid of rejection and opposition and all these things. And, and, and it takes a step of faith to go forward to, to claim what God has promised to mm-hmm. us. And that's that. That's the, um, I, I like the word you're using too. Just, I feel like this represents, again, not just heaven, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, it, but it's the promise. Yes. It's the promises of today. It's the promises that he gives us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we read in these verses again, just to touch back on these verses before we go forward. Um, God had, he, he says in there, um, uh, they tested me in the wilderness. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for mm-hmm. 40 years. Yeah. And so, again, we have this warning. So yeah. this is a warning. It's a warning to us. Yes. God had, God had delivered his people. All right. He cared for them. You say, well, how did he care for them? He left them in the wilderness for 40 years. They had food. Mm-hmm. They had water. They had clothes that never wore out. Mm -hmm. They won battles. Like everything they needed was was given to them. It was provided for them. God never left them while they were in the wilderness. And that in and of itself is a promise, right? right? Um, He revealed his power through signs and wonders. How? Again, they had food just falling out of the sky every day. Uh, They had water coming out of rocks. Mm -hmm. Like it was just miraculous. I mean, here they Mm -hmm. are. uh, They're not a established nation. Mm Right, they're a, a group of wanderers in the desert, and they're beating. Mm-hmm. In they're going to war, and they're winning. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't have an established military, and yet they're winning. Like God is, uh, He's showing Himself. Yeah, and they saw it. They benefited from God's provision, and yet it did not bring them closer to Him. Yeah, and it did not make them trust Him anymore. In fact what we read in those scriptures is that they harden their hearts against him. Mm-hmm. And they constantly, it says, they constantly tested me. Mm-hmm. Constantly they wanted more proof. And God kept passing test after test after test, mm-hmm. and they just kept doubting him. And I feel like this is the warning. This is what happens yeah. for us as well, is when things don't go the way we want them to go, the way that we plan for them to go, we start saying, well, God, if you're really there, then do this for me, do this for me. And all the time, God is providing for us. Yeah. God never left us. He never abandoned us. He never forsook us. Forsook us? Forsaked us? He never <laughs> forsakes us. Uh, you know, he just God is always there proving himself over and over and over again. But because it's not going the way we want, 
Well, because like one of the things is they didn't like, uh, just as an example in there somewhere, is they didn't like the food. They didn't like the manna. Yeah. Right? And so they said, oh, I remember the cucumbers. I remember the leeks. I remember the... And they got caught up in the past. So it, it's this thing of, it wasn't in that moment that God was not providing. Mm-hmm. They they just got, they didn't, they didn't like the provision. Yeah. You know. And, and that's what he says in verse 10. It says they turned their hearts away from God. Yeah. And this is the core of every matter in our lives, isn't it? Comes down to a heart problem. But and I even just read that it says, "So I was angry with them." Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes we look at God and we say, "Oh, God can't get angry." You know, isn't anger bad? Isn't ang- mm-hmm. anger equals bad? Not when it's God, because God has a righteous anger. And so, like, that's eye-opening to me that can you make God angry? Yes, mm-hmm. you can. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm a parent. You're a parent. We love our children. And there's nothing. There's nothing that they could do, say, that would make me not love them. Mm-hmm. But can they make me angry? Mm. Yes, because when they, when they do something to disobey you, when you've told them different and they're rebelling against you, yeah. That is a, uh, you know, even in the the parental sense of it's an okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. It's that God does it differently than we do, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's eye-opening to me that you can make God angry. Mm -hmm. Heart problems. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Heart problems. Verse 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts... Are not evil. So now he's he's quoted the Old Testament, right. Psalm ninety five. Here's there. your illustration. There's your illustration, guys. Now, so learn from the past. Here's the warning. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, <laughs> so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. And so here again, we are warned of the dangers of doubt. Yeah. And this is the warning. Do not doubt God's word. And I'm not just talking about the Bible. All right. I'm talking about when you pray about something and God and God gives you an answer. Gives you an answer. Don't doubt it. Yeah. Don't doubt it. Hold on to those promises. Yeah. Hold on to what God has said. And he says, this is the this is this is the warning. And when you doubt it leads to a hardening of your heart. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It, it means it is a, a heart that becomes unmoved by the work in the word of God. And you just see like I just imagine in my heart too, just like <laughs> cause have we all had a random doubt once in a while? Mm-hmm. Yes. But what do you have to do with that random doubt? The word tells us what to do. It says take every thought captive and put it under submission of the word of God. So when these random doubts come or random thoughts or whatever of God, can I trust God? Um, they're going to come, mm-hmm. but we have to do the right things with them. But yeah. you th- you see that hardening of the heart happen when it's almost like, uh, you know, you, you think of hardening of a heart. I think of a callus where you, you just feel like it takes layers and layers of time. Mm-hmm. And over time, something gets calloused and, you know, you may wake up and, and realize one day, oh, my heart's so calloused toward this issue or that issue. Yeah. And it happens over time. It's not an overnight thing. No, that's a, and that's a good illustration if you've ever had a callous. So mm-hmm. I think of, you know, you, you used to play guitar and uh, our son Isaac plays guitar. I used I 
started to play guitar years ago. Um, but it takes time to yeah. build up calluses in your fingers when yeah. you're pressing down on the strings. And what happens is eventually you do develop calluses. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it hurts. Mm -hmm. But then you're the, sensitive. Yeah, it's sensitive and it, it hurts. But then over time, as the calluses build up, you don't feel anything anymore. Yeah. And that's what happens to a hardened heart is you just don't feel God anymore. Yeah. Because you have turned your, your heart away from him. You have rebelled against mm -hmm. him. And this is that, again, the first warning is don't drift from his word. Mm -hmm. Know what God has said. And that we drift from God's word when yeah. we start going, well, I don't know if all of it is true. Yeah. I don't know if all of it applies to my life. And so we start to drift away from his word and we start to listen to other people and other things mm -hmm. and other influences. And as we start to drift, then we begin to doubt what we do here. Yeah. And the more we begin to doubt, now our hearts become hardened. And it's easier and easier for us to rebel because we just don't feel it anymore. Yeah. We you don't feel that same conviction. Yeah. I read that first part there. It says, be careful, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Like that's like... It's powerful. That's a powerful word, you know, two mm -hmm. words to use. Make sure that your own hearts, are, and he's talking to believers. Right. Make sure that your own heart is not evil and unbelieving. And even that word, like, make sure, it made me, you know, think about just the example of I can go to bed at night and lay in the bed and just be like, surely I locked the door. Surely the door's locked. Oh, is the door locked? You know, and it, it'll cause Isaac me. Isaac told me he locked the door. It'll cause. Oh, and <laughs> even at that, I still she worry. To doubt his word. I don't know. I don't know. Did he really lock the door? And so you had this uncertainty, and it causes you stress, and it causes you worry, and it. So it's like the writer here is like, be careful and make sure. So in other words, get up out of the bed and go see if the door's locked. And yeah. you know what? If you do that, you're going to sleep better that night because yeah. you're going to know. You're going to know. And I, and I think there's this, um, there's this warning to us of don't look at it of your, your spiritual walk with God in your life and just be like, oh, I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I think I'm okay with him. But it's a knowing yeah. that you can have. And, and even uh, the, other, the other part of that is also just falling into that deception of I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like I, not, I'm not going to let it go so far that, you know, I, I'm going to lose my faith or anything like yeah. that. Like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And yet again, I keep going back to the old Testament to yeah. the Israelites. These, okay, guys, listen, are you listening? They were literally having food fall from the sky mm -hmm. provided for them. Mm -hmm. They watched as, Moses hit a rock with mm -hmm. a with a stick mm -hmm. and water came out of it. They 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 for 40 years they walked through dirt and sand and sun and their clothes never wore out, their shoes never wore out. Yeah. And they still doubted and God. They still hardened their hearts. They still became hard against God. Yeah. And so imagine to the point where they wanted they they constantly were talking about like just take us back to Egypt. Yeah. Take us back into slavery. Yeah. That's, it's, it's better to go backwards. That's almost the insanity of it. It's right? better to go backwards than to have hope that it might be better. Yeah. I mean, how how far had they strayed from hope yeah. than the fact that, you know, we're willing to go back into slavery. Yeah. And so imagine just wanting to trade freedom under God for slavery in Egypt. Right. And yet it's the same trap that a lot a lot of us are mm -hmm. capable of falling into mm -hmm. that no matter how much God has provided for us, no matter how much God shows himself in our lives, no matter 
you know, it, it's just never enough for us. Yeah. We're just constantly looking for more. We're yeah. constantly looking for that other answer. And, and we start to doubt these promises. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we start to doubt what God has said he would do. We begin to feel that draw back into our old lives and back into the life of slavery of sin. Which he's describing here in those two words, make sure your hearts aren't evil and unbelieving. Mm-hmm. And I think that's almost like a sobering slap in the face to us to say, God, check my heart. Is is my heart evil and unbelieving? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as Christians, we, we, we just wouldn't go on and say, yes, you know, God dealt with me and, and I found some evil unbelieving. No, we don't. Like we, we soften so much of the doubt in our lives and we um, I don't think we look at it the seriousness, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and when you look at that word, those words, evil and unbelieving, like the only the only one who can tell us if there's evil or unbelieving in our hearts is God, mm-hmm. is his word. Like we don't even know our own hearts. Does that make sense? Like there's a scripture verse that says that like man doesn't even know his own heart. So this is why we pray, search me, God, yeah. show me, is there anything in me that needs to change? But it's like, it's God's word that's going to reveal that to you, mm-hmm. not the culture, not, oh, what do I think about myself? Well, I'm a good person, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's God's word that reveals things in our life that are hardened. Yeah. 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 And I, I think it's also why, like, uh, because I think the reason a lot of people doubt is because they're. They're also holding on to wrong promises <laughs> yes. from God. And I think that's yeah. why we have to be careful about what we promise people yeah. about God. Um, and, and this is why like, there's there's such a danger in what they call the, the prosperity gospel, where mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, then you're going to be rich and healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that gets tossed out the window pretty quick when you get sick or, yeah. you know, you're not just you know, driving Mercedes around and whatever, you know? Um, and, and so that, but it, it it hurts the, the progressive gospel that promises a wrong kind of Jesus, a false Mm -hmm. kind of Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you can do whatever you want. And then we, we get out there and we do whatever we want. And it's just like, well, why does my life still feel empty? You have the, the social justice gospel where it's just like, Oh, just love your neighbor. And that's all it's about. Mm -hmm. And, and we just, we start to learn that these false promises come with come with emptiness yeah you know and there's never that fulfillment and so that then causes people um to feel disillusioned mm-hmm. and to 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 be, really start to doubt the promises of god because they were never believing in the promises of god and this is why it's so important to to base these promises on exactly where these promises come from the bible mm-hmm. instead of just taking someone's word for yeah. something or you know uh, liking what somebody says and then following that person like the bible's not gonna if you if you open up this bible and and read it it's not going to lead you astray yeah it's not going to lead you to a false it's there's truth there's mm-hmm. only truth in it mm-hmm. yeah and so that's why i think also the writer says there like encourage one another warn each other of that truth yeah. And because and, and, if we don't, we'll start to see fellow believers start to die off yeah. spiritually in this wilderness that we're living in, which is the world today, yeah. right? And so he says, hey, warn each other. Mm-hmm. Like if you start to see somebody that's drifting and, mm-hmm. and starting to doubt God's word, like you need to go and you need to encourage them mm-hmm. and build one another up in the faith and say, hey, I'm standing with you. I'm believing with you. Yeah. Um, I and, think it's neat how it first says, make sure that your hearts are mm-hmm. right. And then... It says to warn other people. Yeah. So there's a place for that because mm. you get a lot of people that are trying to, you know, pick the speck out of the one person's eye. And meanwhile, 
their hearts are hardened. Yeah. So I think there's a placement there of you look at your heart first and let God deal with your heart. And then you're going to be able to encourage other people, warn other people. Make sure you know what God has promised. <laughs> right. Make sure you know what God has actually said. Yeah. And I think this is where so many of us fall into danger is we are making promises that God never made. Yeah. In an effort to what? Like um, make the gospel sounds mm-hmm. like this is, hey, this is... The gospel doesn't need any help. The yeah. gospel is the good news. It doesn't need any help. <laughs> I need you to close that blind over there. I, <laughs> I can do this see, one. I can't see nothing. Keep talking. All right. So we're going to keep going. Verse 15 says, Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that he would never, that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go. Mm, so let me, I'm going to back up just a second. Okay. Is the, the verse 14? No. I don't know where we where you stop with that one, but the, for it says for we're faithful to the end. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe. Again, I think I said this last week, but for for me, and this is a very strong, powerful verse because it's this reminder of you can have the assurance that you're going to share in all the promises. You're going to share in in it says in all that belongs to Christ. You're going to share in that rest. You're going to share in the promises. Um, but you have to remain faithful. You have to be faithful to the end. Um, and then that wording of just as firmly as when we first believed. And again, like I said, I think I said this last week of just for me, I look at my own life and say my assurance of um, being a part of the family of God, of of that promised land that is to come, of the rest that is to come, the, the assurance of salvation, the assurance of all the promises that God off- offers me now. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't come because I made a decision at eight years old. It comes for me because I am firmly um, believing in Jesus uh, just as when I first believed, and I thought about that, if not more, obviously, because I've grown in the Lord. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm perfect in the Lord. It means I've grown in the Lord through the experiences of Him being faithful. Like, it just, that's what brings me assurance that mm-hmm. I'm a part of His family. Yeah. And so I think that's something we, that's, um, you know, a sobering mindset, a sobering thought is that he's we're called and we're warned he's warning us to be faithful to the mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. to endure to the end yeah it's good no keep going and then yeah just that last part i thought that what was it 16 through 15 through 19 it's just like looking at the end of the chapter the yeah. way i read that of just like and and wasn't it the people who rebelled and made God angry and they disobeyed and they sinned and they were filled with unbelief like it was kind of eye opening to me cuz i i read that and realized it's the Israelites. It's the people who were called out of Egypt. Who were He saved them. It's the Israelites. It's His chosen people, and isn't it them that this happened to? Yeah. So for me, I read that. So so if it happened to them, 
I need to check my own heart and not be filled with unbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, it all comes back to this at the end for me of just that heart check that um, that I need to have. And, and just the question of, is there an area of my life that I'm not trusting God in? Mm-hmm. Um, because just like the Israelites were faced with things, you know, Okay, one day it might be water, and the next day it might be food, and the next day it might be all. Oh, there's this battle in front of us, so it's no it's no different for us today. Of we're gonna face things every day that will put a choice before us of God, do I really trust you? Yeah. And so again, I read this and I see if this happened to God's chosen people, then then he it's still it's that warning to us today of do i really believe and trust god mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's uh, again it, and it's a great point because it's just it's understanding that i think uh if we're honest in all of our lives at some point every believer has been tempted to doubt yeah and they've been tempted to uh at some point kind of give up on their faith mm-hmm. and go back to the world that they they left. You know, every every believer faces doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, is this real? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it true? Where is my rest? If it's true, then where is my rest? If yeah. it's true, then where is my peace? If it's and true, how long is this where is my take? comfort? How how long? You know, how long is it going to take to my deliverance? Yeah. You know, uh, and and this is especially true in times of opposition, in yes. times of persecution, in times of unrest where whether that's financial unrest marriage unrest with your kids whatever it might be with your spouse it's just whatever that is you know whenever there's unrest there is that temptation to just go well is any of this even real yeah you know where is god in all of this and so that warning is clear of don't doubt god's word right that's why it's a warning right don't doubt god's word don't doubt what he has said look around and this is why i think it's important you know, that, that we look around every day and every day we wake up and we 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 give thanks for what we do see. Mm-hmm. You know, God, what, what has God done today? Mm-hmm. What has he shown me today? What has God said to me? And even if it's a promise that was, you know, 10 years ago, yeah. you continue to thank God for that promise until it comes. Yeah. And so just understanding, you know, again, he keeps saying who, who, who did this happen to? Who was it? It was the ones who rebelled. It was right. the ones who doubted. It was the ones who didn't trust. It was the ones, you know, and those who never found rest, mm-hmm. those who never found rest were the ones who rebelled in spite of his work and his word all around them. Yeah. You know, that it was all there. It was right in front of them. You know, Moses, this is this is during the season where Moses goes up on a mountaintop and comes back down and is, is shining so bright they can't even look at him because he's been in the presence of God. He brings up, like, God is speaking. Mm-hmm. God is speaking. He's doing incredible things, and yet they're doubting. Because we're so quick to be like, if I see a miracle, then I'll believe. Mm-hmm. If God gives me confirmation, then I'll believe. Yeah. And yet we see miracles and confirmation all the time. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily believe. And so it is this It is this understanding. This is the warning that he's giving to them. This is the warning that we have to receive today yeah. in our own lives. It is our unbelief in what God has said that causes us to not enter into the rest that he promises. Yeah. And this is, well, you got more? You mm-hmm. done? Mm-hmm. All right. Then I'll wrap it up. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you, we'll leave you with this. And this is kind of a little tease for next week. We'll cover the uh, first part of chapter four, 
but just leave the question with you to, to and tell you to come back if you say yes to this of, do you have any unrest in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, is there is there a place of unrest in your life? Or maybe some things are fine, but yet there's there's just you just don't feel rest. God has promised us rest. It is our inheritance in Christ. That mm-hmm. means it belongs to us. <laughs> it is our inheritance. But what we'll look at is there's there's actually three kinds of rest that are talked about mm-hmm. in this passage of Scripture. Uh, in the promises of God, there's three, and it parallels again with yeah. the children of Israel, and it parallels with our lives. And the, the rest that he gives is past, present, and future. Yeah. And so we have the past uh, rest of salvation. We have been given a rest from our sins, mm-hmm. right? So we have been saved by Jesus. Then we are living in a present rest if mm-hmm. we live in submission yeah. and obedience yeah. to God's word. Yeah. This is this is Jesus saying, "Come to me, all you who are weary mm-hmm. and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." rest. Yeah. It's a present rest that he promises, right? He wasn't talking about the future. He wasn't talking about heaven. He was saying, come to me Mm -hmm. if you're weary, if you're tired, if you're feeling unrestful, Mm -hmm. come to me and I'll give you rest. It's a present rest. And then there is the promise of a future rest. And that will be in heaven where we have no longer fear, worry, doubt, and all these different things. And it's complete. And it is complete. (laughs) And so God wants to give us rest. So don't doubt it. Don't doubt his word. Trust him. What he has said is true. Yeah, that's good stuff. Heavy, but wonderful. So we're going to pick up next week, uh, right where we left off. We're going to start in chapter four. And um, so if you want to read ahead, you can read ahead. But Mm -hmm. if not, just hold on. We'll be back next Friday with a new episode of Lunch with PB&J. Until then, share the podcast with somebody. Let somebody else know about it. Because it is the best podcast that nobody knows about. All right? Best little podcast no one's ever heard of. Uh, I say that very humbly. It's like a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. That That's right. It's that little, it's yeah, we're cooking. like a diner driving and dive. All right? We're just, we need somebody to tell other people about it. All right? Um, but no, listen, uh, you can do that. Share it. Uh, let other people know about it. Let us know if you have any questions about anything we're talking about. We'd love to hear from you until that time in the future when we talk about it again. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on Lunch with PB&J. Bye guys.